You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Um, uh, today is a, a unique and special day in the life of FC. Uh, it's a day where we will be asking everyone here who says that Foothills Church is your church. If you, if you say and believe that this is your church, then, then I'm asking you at the end of this message to fill out this commitment card and, and make a one-time donation today to the Christmas or to the vision offering and then a ongoing over and above your normal giving for one year to this vision fund. And so you'll see those two spots there. So it's a one-time gift and it's also a commitment to give over and above your regular giving over the next year. And we believe as a church that God has just opened up some doors of, of ministry, some doors of opportunity, and we wanna walk through those doors. We wanna be faithful to his call. And so as, as was just mentioned, we wanna um, and, and, and believe that God wants us to develop and renovate space next door so that we can uh, have better spaces for our kids. And so we've, when we purchased this facility, we only really renovated half of it. And so for four years now, we've not touched the other side and it's, it's worked, um, but, but now we're at a point to where it just doesn't work well for us. And if we're gonna continue to grow, it's just, it's not gonna meet the needs of the families that are coming. And so we need to create some space for our kids. It will also help our student ministry on uh, Wednesday nights. We wanna create uh, space for kids with special needs. We wanna create space for volunteer kids, volunteers who serve both hours. And so some, some needs that we really have as a church and, as well as we wanna, we wanna create a, a counseling center and that will open up some parking for us as well. We have parking issues here. So if we're gonna continue to reach people and more people are gonna connect to the gospel, we're gonna have to create room for them. And, and uh, parking is just one of those things that you've, you've gotta do. And as we make disciples, we know that there's an area of Knoxville, it's an unchurched area. There's not a church like ours anywhere near that area. And we just believe that uh, God is calling us to that place. And, uh, I think a, a, a church like Foothills is just gonna blow up there. And, and we just feel that burden on our heart. And so today is about accelerating that vision. We cast the vision. I don't know how fast. I'll never put a time frame on when this stuff is gonna happen. I believe it's in my heart. Our leaders and elders, as we've prayed about it, believe this is the direction we need to go. And so we cast that vision to the church and, and we get to decide today how fast we actually get to accomplish this visit, uh, vision. So, so we have the opportunity today to accelerate that. And so a couple weeks ago, I said that we are the generation here at FC that are the builders. I mean, this is the builder generation. I don't care if you're old or young today, you're a part of the builder generation of Foothills Church because God is calling us to build right now. And we're building spaces and, and environments and people are coming, we're building lives as a result. And, and uh, what we do and build today is going to impact the lives of generations to come. And so uh, we wanna always keep that into perspective. We have a unique opportunity as a church. We're 10 years old. And so um, we, we have a unique opportunity to develop something, to grow something, to create something that doesn't exist here in this city. And, and man, I, I'm, I'm just really excited about today. And really it's an opportunity that God has given to us. But today we get to show the Lord just how committed we actually are to actually walking through this door. Uh, in the Bible, doors are used as metaphors. And so they can mean several different things. But today I wanna talk about three specific types of doors that 
God provides and opens for us. And uh, when you think about doors in your life, you've walked through a lot of doors today uh, and you probably didn't even realize it. I mean, think about your house and just how many doors you actually have in your house. And, you know, you've got a front door, you've got a back door, but you also have bedroom doors and you've got sliding doors and you might have a pocket door and you've got a glass door and you've got a shower door and uh, some of you have bathroom doors, hope you use those doors and um, how many of you have a trap door? Anybody have a trap door in their house? If you, shepherds, if you see any hands raised at this point, let's go have a conversation with these people. Why do you, would you have a trap door? But anyway, there's all kinds of doors that are in our, in our house and doors that we've walked through even to get here today. Um, doors keep out critters. Doors keep the warm air in. Doors protect us. Doors also open up and give us access to other rooms in the house. And so doors can be a really good thing in our life. And some doors are good. Some doors are not so good. And, and uh, I think that what, we, what I really want you to begin to think about today as we get going is that every single door is actually a decision. You're gonna come to various doors in your life that are, that are open to you and every time you face one of these doors, you're gonna have to make a decision. Am I gonna walk through this door or am I gonna pass by this door? And so for, for all of us in the room, it's, it's, more, it's less about our circumstances in life, what the circumstances around us, and it's, and it's more about the choices that we're making today that actually dictate our destiny. So I don't care what you are going through today or how you were raised, those circumstances don't define who you are. The choice that you get to make today is whether or not you walk through the doors that God provides for you. And so another point that we wanna make as we get started here is that your life will be shaped by the doors that you walk past and the doors that you walk through. So who you're gonna be in five years from now, what kind of marriage you're gonna have, what kind of man you're gonna be, in the next five to 10 years, what kind of woman you're gonna be in the future is really shaped by the doors that you walk past today and say, nah, not that one, and the doors that you actually open and you actually experience. And so the tough part for us is determining which doors are the right doors and which doors are the wrong doors. And so I wanna talk a little bit about that today. And if you've got your Bibles in Revelation chapter three, Jesus is, is, is writing to seven churches and these churches are, are, are really just giving various different challenges. And 2,000 years ago, there was a church in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, it's not Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. It's actually Philadelphia in what's modern day Turkey today. And it means the city of brotherly love. And they were doing some things that were right. And God gives them a unique opportunity. And so I want to, they'll put it on the screen here. I'm going to read it. You can follow along in verse 7. And it says, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of God, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. There's a few verses today, but how powerful and impactful these two verses really are. I wanna talk about them today. And the first thing I want us to do is, is look at some of these doors. And so the first door I want us to, to look at today is actually a door that can only be opened by Jesus, right? This is the door that you can't open and you can't shut. This is a door that only the Lord can open for you. Only he can open it and only he can shut it. In verse eight, he says, I have placed before you an open door. 
Now in your life, God is gonna give you some opportunities. He's gonna open up some doors for you. And it's up to you to actually make the decision to walk through that door. Just because it's open doesn't mean that you're gonna be blessed, you're gonna be rewarded, or that you're gonna do anything for God's kingdom. What actually matters is if you actually take advantage of the doors that God opens for you. Um, what's interesting about our church is that over and over again, God has opened up these doors of opportunity for ministry. And, and uh, to the best of our ability, we've, we've tried to walk through them as a church. And, and so for us today, that's what it's about. It's about us walking through another door that God is giving to Foothills Church. Now, in Revelation, you see that, that they're, they're writing, Jesus is writing to seven different churches. And not, not a single church other than the church in Philadelphia received this open door, this open door of ministry, which meant that there was something unique here. And, and I think it's a, a, a takeaway that, that we have to recognize that not every church is given this open door. Not every church is giving the, the exact kinds of doors that we get to walk through as a church today. It's very specific, it's a specific calling. And so we walk through that faithfully as he directs us. Um, over the course of your life, he's gonna open up some doors for you. And it's up to you to walk through those doors and you've gotta walk through them at the right time. You gotta right, walk through them in the right way. You've gotta do it uh, when he calls you to do it. And when you do that, he's gonna do amazing things in your life. He's gonna bless you. He's gonna do incredible things in the life of our church as we walk through those doors. Now in verse eight, he says, I know your deeds. I know your works. And so what's interesting about that is he knows our ministry here. He knows what kind of ministry we're doing. He knows what kind of service you're involved in. And perhaps maybe because he knows the ministry and the work that this church in Philadelphia was a part of, he decides to open up this door. You know, maybe he decides to open it up because he knows what they're doing. Now, what are they doing? Well, in, in the scripture here, it's, it's really clear. You might write it down or circle it in your Bible. He says, first of all, that you have kept my word. The church in Philadelphia, he says, you have kept my word. Folks, we believe at Foothills Church that the word of God is the inspired, infallible word of God that cannot be changed. Nothing can be added to it. We believe it has the hope and the answers to every single question that we need answered today. So everything that we do as a church is based upon this book. It's grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that any church that would walk through the door of opportunity that the Lord opens for them must be, has to be committed to the word of God. So through the course of these last 10 years, I've done my, the, the very best I feel like I can do to preach the word of God to you. And so there are some things that are easy to preach. God loves you. You know, that's easy. Everybody's like, oh man, I like that sermon. And then there's some really hard stuff in here. And there's some hard stuff in here that culture doesn't like and that even Christians who, who, who have been Christians for a while don't necessarily know about and don't follow and don't like. And so we're committed to, to teach it all. You see, the secret to walking through the doors that the Lord opens for you and, 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 this, and, and, and how we as a church can be healthy and successful is, is dependent upon are we committed to the word of God? Um, matter of fact, your marriage, your business, essentially everything that you do, if you wanna be successful at it, step number one is be committed to the word of God. And so 
we didn't really know when we started this church how many people would attend. We couldn't see these buildings. We couldn't see how many students and kids were gonna come and find Jesus. We, we didn't know how many adults were gonna come and find Jesus. And that's kinda how it is when, when the Lord opens a door for you. You don't really know what's on the other side. You just have to be faithful and you've gotta walk through it. And then as you walk through it, then you begin to see all the opportunities and the blessings and the rewards that come with this. But if, if you want God's hand, if you want God's blessing, if you wanna be able to walk through the doors that he has provided for you, you've gotta be committed to the word of God. You've gotta keep his word. Here's the second thing that he talks about here in this verse. He says, you have not denied my name. Well, this is important. Like, we can't deny the name of Jesus. We can't deny the power of the gospel. We can't deny the truth of the gospel. Jesus is the reason why we are here. We're here to worship him and serve him, learn more about him. We're, we're, we're here to lean in and press into his power and presence in our life. And what a privilege it is that we get to serve him and to make his name famous and, and to tell other people about the hope that we have in Jesus. So I know the politically correct culture that we live in, they don't, they don't want us to say and use the name of Jesus. They don't even want to say Merry Christmas. They want to change that name to something else and just call it a holiday. But, but listen, for, for us, we live in this culture. We're different. We're never going to be like the culture around us if we're actually Christians, right? if we're following the word of God. And we're always going to feel alienated. We're always going to feel different because we're not of this world. And so as followers of Christ, you, you and I, we, we, we don't deny the name. We embrace the name of Jesus. Everything that we are about comes from and is, and, and, and we lean on the name and power of Jesus. Here's the other thing, the third thing that Jesus says about this church in Philadelphia. He says, you have little power. You have little power. Now, when I read that this week, and I just kind of circled it, and I wrote it down, and I was just meditating, just kind of thinking on it. And it really, God just really, just really was just encouraging me through this. And I mean, I, I, I don't know how much time I spent on this, but I was just thinking about it all day, all week. And it, it's impactful for me because so often I just kind of feel like I, I don't have what it takes or I, I'm not gifted enough or I don't have just enough strength to, to, to do what I feel like God is calling our church to do and to lead in that way. And, and I read that and I'm like, oh, the Lord is recognizing in this church, hey, you, you've got little power. And God just spoke to me this week. He was like, Trent, you, you, you've got little power, man. I, I don't need you to be more talented. I don't need you to be you know, more, more powerful in any way. All I need you to do is I need you to be willing. I need you to be obedient. Just, just walk through the doors, Trent, that I open for you. And let me tell you something. My strength is sufficient. Watch me do what I do. You know, we're, we're like the little boy that brings a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread, right? And then the Lord multiplies it and feeds thousands of people. That's what we're doing here. I don't have the strength. I don't have the talent. I feel like I have a little power, not, not hardly anything at all to offer the Lord because the truth is I don't. But if we're willing and able to walk through that door faithfully, God does amazing things powerful things. He'll do powerful, amazing things in your marriage. He'll do powerful things in your kids' lives. He'll transform your business, but you've got to walk through his doors with confidence and faith in who he is. You know, 
A church doesn't have to be this large, high-powered, well-oiled machine to get an open door from the Lord. And I'm so glad that's true because back in the day, our church was not a well-oiled machine. I don't think we are today either, but we, don't, we didn't have nice stuff. We didn't have a staff. We didn't have money. We didn't have a building. You know, We didn't have anything, but, but praise God that he opened up doors for us. And, and every door that we walked through as a church, he was faithful to provide more and to bless in different ways. And, 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 and it was just an amazing journey. And so you know, you don't have to have it all figured out today. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have a bank account that's amazing. You don't have to have everything in line. You just have to have a willingness to follow and trust God. Now, what I love what he says in verse seven as well. He says, no one's gonna shut the door that Jesus opens. So, so the Lord opens the door. Nobody can shut that door for you. The enemy cannot shut that door. Satan himself cannot shut a door that the Lord opens for you, right? Does that get anybody excited? The guy at work that doesn't like you, the family member that's been against you, they can't shut doors that Jesus opens for you. And so that's encouraging for us because as we, as we think about all of these doors, like, like the opportunity is given to every single one of us when he opens that door. But listen, here, here's what happens. If you don't walk through it, here's the difference. He'll give that opportunity to somebody else. He'll shut that door if you're not willing to walk through it. Because God is going to do what God wants to do in this community, in this city. There are lost children. There are, are lost children of God here. And he's going to bring them to faith. It's just a matter of who he's gonna use to do it. And so is it gonna be us if we walk through the door? But if we don't, he's gonna use someone else. And so that's where I get like, no, 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 I don't wanna miss God's blessing in my life. I wanna be faithful. I wanna go where he wants us to go. I didn't read this, but you can look at it in verse 11. He basically says in verse 11, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. And so the point is no one can, no one will be able to take your crown. Now the question is, what is a crown? What's he referring to there? And essentially what the crown refers to is actually our rewards. And so the rewards that he's referring to, and the reason why he uses the word crown is because in the Olympics and, and the games at this time, if you won the race, you would get this you know, little wreath that they would put on your head, olive branches that they would put on your head. That would be the crown because you won. And so that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever, forever. Now it's hard for us to think about forever, isn't it? Especially when you know, we have a problem at work or we're going through a marriage situation or you know, you're, you're an athlete and you're not performing like you wanna perform on, on the team or whatever, and it's just like, man, ah, well, what's up? It's hard to think about this. I don't know if you've ever seen this video, but a long time ago they did this like, experiment on these like, two or three-year-old kids and they put them in a room and they said, here's a marshmallow, you can eat it now, or if you don't eat this marshmallow, I'm gonna come back in five minutes and I'm gonna bring you four or five more marshmallows. You ever, anybody ever seen that? And the kids just like squirm and they're just like, you know, looking at this thing and some of them just dive right in and eat it. And, and it's all about being able to be self-controlled and can they manage those, those, those things. And, and when I watch that, it's like, yeah, as a kid, you can't think past that marshmallow that's right there. It's really hard to have the self-discipline to envision more coming in the future when there's one right in front of me, right? And as adults, I mean, let's just face it, like, we still have that childlike kind of spirit within us. 
Like it's hard for us to think about eternal rewards because we want everything right now. But everywhere in the Bible, we see that it is a crown that will last forever. He's talking about eternal rewards. He's talking about investing into other people. He's teaching us that when you walk through the door of opportunity that Jesus gives to us, you're gonna be blessed. You're going to be rewarded. And so that's exciting. Yeah, eternal rewards, but also we get blessed. We experience rewards here right on earth, like spiritual rewards and relational rewards rewards. When I just thinking about, you know, material things, there's so much richer and deeper things that God blesses us with when we are faithful. You know, my dad always used to teach me. He would say, "You know the reward, Trent, for going through the door that God opens for you is another door." And what he meant by that is you know, if, if, if you walk through the door that God gives to you and you do good, your, your reward for, for walking through that door is more work. In your job, if you were to do a good job and things were going well, your boss might reward you and say, hey, you, get, you take a day off or you take a whole another week off or here's an extra week of vacation for you. But, but when, you, when you're talking about the Lord and, and, and the ministry and the work that he's calling us to, when you do a good job for the Lord, he says, here's more work, good job. And we say, yes, sir, thank you, sir. Whatever you need, sir, I'm ready to walk with you, sir. Anything and everything, I wanna hold your hand and I wanna do everything you've called me to, right? That's why Jesus says it best in Luke chapter 12. He says, from everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. If you've been given much, much is going to be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And we think about that for a minute and you may not have everything that you wanna have, but in a global perspective here today, I guarantee you that 95% of us are considered wealthy around the world. And two-thirds of the world lives under the poverty level. We may not have everything that we want by American standards, but the Lord has given us a lot of really cool and awesome things. The next breath that you take is, is, is a gift from God. The body that he has given to you, the mind that he has given to you, the house that you've given, he's given to you. We live in America, which is the greatest country in the world. And not only that, we live in the Southeast, which is even the greatest part of the country in the greatest part of the world, right? I mean, how blessed are we? And as a result of all of these blessings, the, the, the cool thing is, 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 is much more is asked of us much more is asked of us. You see, there are a lot of churches that have experienced the open door of ministry like I'm talking about. And there were, there were churches that at seasons in their life, man, they walked through that door, they were growing, they were reaching people, people were coming to faith, they were united, they were committed to the word of God, all these awesome things were happening and they were experiencing the blessings of God, but at some point along their journey, something began to happen. Essentially what began to happen is they stopped walking through the doors that God was given to them. They started to care more about the stuff that they had. They started to care more about their own feelings and their own personal agendas. Instead of the, the people in the community that were hurting and needed Jesus, they started to be more concerned and more focused inwardly. And as a result of that, not only does that door not open for them anymore, but even if it does, they're so blinded by their inward focus, that they can't even see it. I don't wanna be that church. 
I don't want to be a part of that church. I, I want to be a part of a church that is willing and ready to walk through whatever doors God puts before us, even when we don't have it figured out, even when we don't know what the future is going to look like. You know, when we walk through these doors, sometimes we think when we're doing what God wants us to do, that everything's going to be perfect. We think that everything's going to just work out perfectly. Oh, it's an open door, so that just means everything is going to work out great. Marriage, everything is going to... That's not what the Bible teaches, actually. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16. He says, a great door for effective work has opened for me. So he's like, oh, here's the door. God opened the door. There's gonna be some effective work that happens. And he says, there are many people who oppose me. (laughs) In other words, God opened a door for effective ministry and immediately there are people who are opposing him. The enemy does not want you to be faithful to the Lord today. The enemy wants you to stay focused on yourself. He wants you to stay focused on what you need, and he doesn't want you to care about other people. And so anytime we walk through a door that is gonna lead to effective work and effective ministry, there will be men, there will be women, and there will be a spiritual force that will oppose you. Just because the door is open doesn't mean everything's gonna work out perfectly. So the first door is the door that Jesus can only open, right? Here's the second door. The second door is a door that the enemy actually opens. And we call this door the door of distraction. So this is the door that would tempt you, that would lead you away from what God wants you to experience. It's it's essentially what happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They're hanging out, doing life, and all of a sudden the servant comes over and goes, hey, Eve, come over here. Let's have a conversation. Did God really say not to eat of this tree? Did he really say that? And you know what? I think he told you not to say that because he didn't want you to be like him. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get Eve to doubt God's word, doubt the word of God. Adam and Eve fell for this temptation. They fell for the distraction. They walked through the door of distraction and it led to the fall of mankind. Now, the distraction itself isn't necessarily sin. But when that door is opened by the enemy and when you walk through the door of distraction, it most of the time will lead to sin in your life. I can't tell you how many people, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen these guys that feel called a ministry. They're leading in the church. They're serving in the church and things are going, you know, really well in their ministry. And then all of a sudden um, they, they, get a, they get a promotion And, oh, it's a promotion. It's a new job opportunity. And obviously, because it's more money involved, obviously God wants me to do this, right? More money. Oh, it's God. He's in it for sure, man. You know? And so they take the job. Maybe the job requires them to move. Maybe it requires more time in the office. And so as a result, they're distracted. They're not serving. And they walk away from that call that God has given to them. See, it's a door distraction. Not every door that comes your way is a door from the Lord. Could be a distraction. It could lead to sin. Could be a door that the enemy wants to open for you to get your mind and attention off the things of the Lord. If you're a guy, you're working in the office and some young single lady walks into the office, now all of a sudden you begin to get distracted because now you start thinking, man, maybe this is a door of opportunity for me. Let me just tell you, if the door of opportunity contradicts God's word, it is not from the Lord. I've actually had guys say, well, I feel like God wants me to walk through this door. It's a, something that I believe he's, he's given to me. It requires me to divorce my wife now so that I can be with her. I'm like, dude, you're way out of, you're way, whoa, no, that is not from God. 
Step number one, when you're trying to determine the door that, that, it, that is from God or from the enemy, if it's a distraction, is does it align with the word of God? Is this guy contradicting God's word? If it does, it's not from him. Secondly, you wanna talk to godly people in your life and, and mentors and godly friends and godly pastors to say, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this door. I, I'm, I, I kind of think it's from the Lord, but, but you tell me what you think. And so you get input from them so that you can begin to see, okay, is this from God or is this just me? I need input from godly counsel. I've got, I've got to pray about it, obviously. That's why we talked about being guided by the Holy Spirit over the last week so that we would be guided by him, we wanna pray for it, and then as we pray about this, then the godly people in our inner circle, they affirm it. Yes, I affirm, I, I think this is a good step for you. I think this is what the Lord is leading you to do. So when that affirmation comes, that prayer is there, it lines up with the word of God, you still don't know 100%, never gonna know 100%. But when all that stuff lines up, you say, okay, I'm gonna walk through it, I'm gonna go, boom, and bam, you're there. Now, confession time. How many of you guys have thought, this is a door from the Lord, I'm gonna walk through this door, you walk through it, only to discover, mm -mm, this was not from God, it was a mistake. How many of you have done that? My hand is way up high, man, that's happened to me. I thought this was it, this was, this was it, man. Walk through that, only to find out, ooh, that was a mistake. See, that happens in life. And what God does when that happens is he uses it to grow us, to mature us, to help us recognize the door of distraction a little bit better. Sometimes we walk through that door and we have to fail a few times before we start to say, oh, no, 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 I've been to that one. I'm not going back to that one again. And so for you and I, man, we've gotta understand it's about discerning, it's about being guided by the Holy Spirit, prayer, and those in our inner circle to give us the confidence and, and, and that, really that empowerment to affirm in us, yeah, this is, I think, from the Lord for you. Finally, the third door I wanna talk about today is the door of generosity. The door of generosity is the door that you and I open for other people. So first door here is, is, is the Lord. Jesus opens this, he shuts this. No one else can open this but him or shut up but him. This door, the door of distraction, is opened by the enemy. He opens it for you, distracts you, leads you to sin. You might walk through it, gotta be careful. This is the door that you and I open for other people. So this is when you decide to mentor somebody at work you decide to mentor someone at church or maybe disciple someone. Maybe you decide to bless someone financially, you're opening a door for them. Maybe you are introducing them to one of your influential friends. Hey, you need to know so-and-so because they're in that circle and man, you need to, and because of that connection that you made, you, made, you opened a door for them and it helped them in their career. Uh, as followers of Jesus, we wanna be able and willing to open up this door of generosity to people to experience the hope of the gospel, to experience a blessing, to be able to experience opportunities, in fact, for them to actually even grow. I mean, this is really the golden rule when you think about it. Do unto others as you want done unto you. I want people to open up doors for me. You want people to open up doors for you to grow and to, to expand and to get promoted and to you know, get better at whatever you do at work. And so we want this done for us. And so we need to be willing to open these doors for other people. Now, some of you might be a little depressed today. It might be kind of one of those seasons where you're just challenged. And so what do you do 
when you're in that season? What do you do when you're just distracted? Maybe you're just depressed or whatever. I love what Proverbs chapter 11 teaches us to do. It's something that you and I wouldn't expect. Here's what the Bible says. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. This is interesting. Totally different from what we would think. First of all, a generous person will prosper. Now, I know what my flesh thinks. I know what, you know, sinful Trent thinks. If I wanna prosper, I gotta keep a lot of stuff. I gotta get that savings account up. I need to keep my stuff. But the Bible says, if you wanna prosper, give it away. Be generous. And then it says, if you want to be refreshed yourself, then it's on you to start refreshing other people. What does that mean? Encourage people. Words of affirmation in other people's lives. Encourage them. You're doing a great job. As you refresh other people's spirits, as you refresh other people and encourage other people, you yourself will be refreshed. You see, you can't manufacture that in your own spirit, in your own heart. It's a work of the spirit in you. It's not a drug, it's not a relationship, it's not a movie, it's not a song that can get you out of that funk. The Spirit of God can, but you gotta walk through the door that he provides for you. You gotta refresh other people. Now, why does God make generosity such a big deal? Why does God want us to open the door of generosity for others? And and it's real simple, because God himself is a giver. He is generous, for God so loved the world that he gave. Everything about our God is, is, is fueled by generosity. The next breath that you take is, is because of God's generosity. The nose that you're breathing through is because of God's generosity. The, the, the lungs that you're breathing into is because of God's generosity. The house, the family, the brain that you have to, to be able to have the capacity to even go to work and provide, it's all a gift from our God. So today as a church, We're asking you to give generously. We're asking you to give sacrificially and by faith, walk through the door of opportunity. Now here's the secret. When we come to the door of generosity and we try, we wanna open the door. Uh Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Oh, I get it. You see, the door of generosity, it can't be opened from this side. See that? It's locked, I can't get in. The only way I can open up the door of generosity is if I come over here to the door that the Lord is opening for me. And so when I come, come, come through this door, he opens it up for me. I go through this door. Now all of a sudden, what's up, guys? Come on in. Come on in. Here, everybody, come on. Experience the hope of the gospel. Experience my Jesus. Experience this guy that'll revolutionize and change your life. He'll give you hope. He'll give you joy. He'll transform your marriage. He'll transform your life. Come get some of this God that we serve, right? Now, what we want to do? I can't tell you how many people have opened up doors in my life because of the, the doors people have opened up for me. I'm here today. I think about my mom and dad and the countless doors they've opened for me. I think about my, my dad, how you know, this church wouldn't even be here if he didn't open up the door of generosity to me to come and actually plant this church. And the only way that he could open up that door for me is if he walked through this door over here that the Lord opened up for him, right? And so as we think about this as a church, we've gotta recognize that, that, that this is about generosity to our community. If you're a partner here at Foothills Church, you've opened up some doors, right? 
I've been able to stand up here and open up some doors for you guys over the last 10 years. I've preached to the best of my ability the word of God. God's grown your faith. People have come to know the Lord. If you're a partner here, you've given, you've served, and because you're serving, other people are benefiting. You're opening up the door for them to experience ministries here. Maybe they came to faith, maybe they got baptized, maybe they've been cared for, maybe they've been encouraged. You've opened up the door, and guess what? They found some of their best friends in this place because you decided to give, because you decided to be generous, and because you decided to say, hey, come on in, you belong here. We want you here. We want you to experience the hope of the gospel. You see how that works? You know, I wanna try something today. If, if you have actually been baptized here at Fiddles Church over the last 10 years, if you've come to faith, you've been saved in this church over the last 10 years, would you do me a favor right here, right now? Would you just stand to your feet so we can just kind of see you? If you've been baptized here over the last 10 years, if you've come to faith, would you stand up? Wow. Wow. You can, you can have a seat. That kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Been a lot of doors open for us. You know what? It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn to start opening doors. Opening doors for those who are lonely and those who are hurting those who are far from God today. It's time for you to begin to open those doors. You see, God won't make you walk through the door, but he will start closing doors if you don't start walking through them. And he'll close it for FC as well. I don't wanna experience that. Here's what I love about what Jesus says um, about open doors in, 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 in his church. He says in Luke 14, he says, he's, he's telling a parable and he says, the master told his servant, to go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them, compel lost people to come in so that my house may be half empty. That's not what it says. So that my house will be full. The Lord wants his house to be full, not empty. He's saying, open the door so more people can come in. Open the door so more people can experience his hope. Open the door so that more people are blessed. You see, God cares about his lost children. And we wanna organize our church so that we would be a church that would open up doors to this community and more people, no matter who they are, what their background is, can hear about Jesus, find friendship, find unity here, and find their calling and purpose in life. And God doesn't tell us how fast we're gonna grow and it's not about the speed, it's just about being faithful to, to make disciples where we're at. And it, it's not like God gave us this space, now we just gotta protect it and we don't want anybody else in, no. He gave us this so that it would be a blessing to those in our city. And you know, right now, all over our city, people are praying for us today. You know why? They're praying that you and I would walk through the door that Jesus is opening for us. Now, of course, they're, they're not articulating that prayer like that. They really don't know how to pray. They, haven't, they, don't, they don't have a relationship with God. So, so that prayer today in our community sounds kind of like this. God, if you're real, show me a sign. Show me a sign. Their prayer is, is, is something similar to this. God, I, I don't know if you can hear me, but I need your help. Can you help me? So essentially, you and I become the answer to that prayer when and only when 
we walk through that door. And when you and I walk through the doors of ministry and opportunity that God gives to us, then we're able to open up the door of generosity to these folks who are hurting and lost. And we're able to share a message. We're able to share our life. We're able to share new truth. And the Holy Spirit of God transforms their life. I wanna be a part of that church. I wanna be a part of a group of people that care about that. And right now, in this moment, we have an opportunity as a church to take that step. And so if you will, let's all grab that commitment card that was handed out. And I just wanna walk through it just to make sure everybody understands what it means. There's two blanks. The first blank says a one-time gift, December 8th. And what we're encouraging and asking you to do is to actually give a gift today, a one-time gift. And then we're also asking you in that second blank to make a commitment to give in 2020. So it's a one-time gift and an ongoing commitment. And this is over and above what you would regularly give. And that's the commitment that we're asking you to make, to multiply campuses, leadership, to multiply the impact of leadership in our church, that we would see the next generation come to know Christ. We would see God do extraordinary, awesome things in our future. It's up to us. It's our turn. And uh, let's take a minute now as a church just to fill this out together. And, and in just a moment after I pray, I'll ask you to put it in that envelope. And then there are giving stations all over the room here. And then there's two back in the back. You guys can, as a church family, we're gonna get up out of our seats and we're gonna give uh, sacrificially together. Let's pray. Lord, we know that even right now people are making decisions and filling out their card and Lord, we're asking that you would do what you did the day that you fed thousands. Take our offering and multiply it. Lord, there are some people in the room today that have tremendous giving capacity. You've blessed them in incredible ways. And Lord, we're faced with the truth that when, we're, when we've been blessed much, we're, we're asked to give much. I pray, Lord, that we would know that this would be a spiritual act of worship today. And Lord, we pray that you would use it for your glory. Lord, for those who give, I pray blessing on their life. Help us to see the rewards that you're gonna give. Help us to experience those rewards. Help us to give by faith. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would make this church a church that would always proclaim the name of Jesus with power and with passion in 10 years from now and 20 years from now and 100 years from now until Jesus returns, that this would be a place that honors and serves and proclaims the gospel that is true and that is holy and that is yours. That it would impact the next generation years upon years. That marriages would find healing here Lost people would find hope here. That we would see 
men who, who are sages in old in age, maturing and investing into those younger. God, that we would see the chains of sin and addiction broken in this place, that you would send revival into this place, that you would change our hearts, continually draw us near to you. Father, we wanna be a light in this community. We wanna be a light to our neighbors. Lord, let us be faithful to you. Do what only you can do here. And Lord, may we be faithful as we walk through these doors. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.